my old mate can hear me this time, can he? I can hear you loud and clear. How are you, mate? <laughs> um, should explain, this is our second attempt at this particular <laughs> podcast because my Wi-Fi is shocking. Third attempt, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. Yeah, yeah, I think we tried Monday and Tuesday last week and then gave up and, yeah, here we are again on a Monday. On a Monday. Um, I'm in the shed. We're still in lockdown. You're, you're at your gaff. And um, we're going to attempt to go through uh, last fortnight's um, activities, if you're up for that, mate. A hell, of a, a hell of a lot to get through, yeah? Yeah. So, just going to give you a quick running order then, mate. Uh, we've got reactions from the last podcast, which was podcast 23, uh, Dark Angels Leave Scars. A to Z of Tickets, which seems a lifetime ago. Um, Andrew Matthews' book review on the Dave Mustaine book. Uh, T90 from Chris Gambold. The Thrash of the Titans, um, Nuclear Assault versus Voivod, Cy Keeler News, Shrapnel Single, The Havoc, Hit, Miss or Maybe, and The Flash Poll that we did this week. How do you feel about and, that? Go on. If we get time, the virtual festival walk-around. Okay. We, uh, okay, yes, if we get time. Depends that might we might tip into the four hour mark at that point though but let's see how we get on uh, and I have attempted to go on Facebook live I have no idea whether you can hear me see me or hear Robbie but let's just see where that goes at the moment because my my wi-fi is still on the uh, on the brink should we talk about just the some of the feedback we got from uh, the last podcast and some comments that we might want to address uh, Andrew Matthews, listen this morning, great, well, thank you, it's not why we do it, but, you know, thank you for the compliment, very nice, uh, and he's, uh, what's with the Radiohead Smiths bashing? You're going to run down the cure next one. Um, we were talking about the virtual Donington 89, sounds great to me, as someone who was at 88 and walked into his parents' house, exhausted the next day to, where the fuck have you been, I was worried sick, did you not think to phone and tell us you were okay, when not knowing what happened. I think naming the stage after the two had died is a great idea and very respectful. So thanks for that, Andrew. Donington 88, we were talking about our virtual Donington 89 festival idea. Um, so what do you think? Radiohead, Smiths, that, that your bag, mate? Cure? Uh, Smiths and Cure, yeah. Radiohead, not at all. Although, they, I, I think I've said before on the podcast, you know, they were a big band at, when I was at uni, Radiohead, Manson, they were kind of leading the Britpop charge a little, little bit different a little bit more alternative than the standard blur and oasis stuff but mm -hmm. i never really got into radiohead however the smiths and the cure i've always liked them um, never got into them massively but i can't help but admire old um Mozart, um for what he <laughs> i'm gonna get pelters now but uh, i he, i don't know it's just maybe because I lived up in Manchester for a few years and he's such an iconic figure up there. And although he's very different to, you know, what we're generally talking about kind of metal, mm -hmm. uh, there's something very visionary about him. I know he's got his critics and his haters, but... Is I he really loved up in Manchester he still? He can certainly pen a good tune. Is he still really loved up in Manchester still? Yeah, although he lives, I think, in America and... Wherever okay. else he's got four or five houses, but yeah, he is. He's a bit like the Stone Roses and um, yeah, the, the Smiths, Oasis. Obviously, they cling on to their heroes, and you know, and rightly so. They're you know they they've got a good culture up there musically. So why wouldn't you? It's not like they're just a bit of a has been. He's someone that certainly um, yeah, he's been going for for years, and not just one or two songs. He's a 
you know, a, a, a career's worth of good songs, even re- you know up till recently. But I'm not a massive fan, but yeah. I do admire him. So I know we're going to get pelters, or I am, and. Uh, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. You can like what you like. I saw a documentary, and I don't know if anyone else saw it. I saw a documentary where he is absolutely revered in godlike status to a lot of like Hispanic gangs. Okay. Yeah, like all these, you know, like it was something like a America's toughest prisons and stuff like that. And um, there's all these sort of like obviously gang members in like in lockdown in the in in these yeah. prisons and these whacking great prisons they have in America. And they've all got, like, massive back tattoos of, like, Morrissey, and, they, you know, their bodies are absolutely smothered and, and, and covered in, like, Smith lyrics and Morrissey lyrics. It was fucking strange, uh, mate. They're quite deep, a lot of the lyrics, aren't they? So they're, they're not always quite straight down the line, old Mozza. Like, um, I was thinking of going out tonight, but I haven't got a stitch to wear deep. There you go. He didn't say I haven't got any clothes to wear. He, he kind of made it a little bit more romantic, and I haven't got a stitch to wear. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, we'll beg to differ on that one. I know. I Pun know intended. Uh, Warren Elliott. Uh, thank you. He, he was very complimentary. He said it's already quite isolated for this terrible uh, uh, recent state of affairs. Really love every podcast. Thanks, mate. It's brilliant. Um, it's better to have a nice discussion of thrash metal to get the mind off of own troubles and while away an hour or two. That's exactly what we think as well, Warren, and uh, we, we, we hear you, mate. So that's that's always good to get feedback like that. And it's also going to be very difficult to thank every individual member as, as we're on the podcast, but thank you to Warren and many of the members that are constantly making the podcast have some substance to it because without Warren's comments, without members comments we wouldn't have anything to talk about it'd be just be me and Cole nattering away about oh you know did, did you like leave scars yeah it's all right mm. what do you think about the production but we can't get into the nitty-gritty without the members comments so thank you Warren and thank you to all the members that as your names come up we'll thank as many of you yeah. as we can for making our job our hobby our enjoyment that much more enjoyable so thank you definitely and just to think about what it would be like without members comments we'd be talking about how good Morrissey is or how shit Morrissey is. So that kind of tells you where the uh, where the podcast would go without you guys. Um, Kevin Adamson, another great listen. Thank you. Loved all the discussion about Leave Scars, great albums. He was saying, he said it was their reign in blood. And time does not who, which was, uh, always, always said it was their master of puppets. Never got to see them back in the day, uh, but was not going to miss him at Lord of the Lands 2 years ago when they were absolutely incredible live. Spoke to the band at this show and to Gene recently, and there will be a new album sometime soon. There are about six songs completed so far. According to Gene, it's going to be a mix of the previous albums, which is all good. Definitely one to look forward to. And Adam then sent some wicked photographs from uh, from The Lord of the Lands too. So, new album from Dark Angel. Exciting. Very exciting. Um, so thanks for that. Uh, Kevin, uh, Frank, sorry, Frank Holby. Um, listening in his man cave, and he sent us a picture of his man cave, and that looks proper nice, doesn't it? It does. Is that that? If you had your own space at the end of your garden or at the end of your wherever it is that, that you could go to, a little bit of you know your own time to have your records, your, your CDs, yeah. your tapes, play darts, play cards, whatever it is you want to do in your man cave, your woman cave, whoever you are, and you've got that own kind of solitary space it it just looked brilliant he had the pictures on the wall i think tickets and gig yeah. posters 
It just looked fantastic. So, yeah, thanks, Frank. Yeah, nice comfy sofa. He's chilling out in there. And thanks for all your comments, mate. That's brilliant. Um, Tim Finch listening now. Can't believe Carl would ever consider watching anyone else at the same time as Lawnmower Death. So that's when we were having a walk around uh, download and I was debating whether I'd see A Day to Remember or Lawnmower Death. I think I probably would go and see Lawnmower Death, even now, I think. Oh, yeah, you would do now, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, Neil Bolton, just finished after listening to all the talk of different bands and albums, I reached for the album that had me singing, I'm smelling like a rose, somebody gave me on my birthday dead bed, which is core, isn't it? It's, yes, um, Dead and Bloated from Core, Stone Temple Pilots. Definitely. And I looked on YouTube and there's quite a few songs from the Reading 93 performance of that, which I think is what we were talking about. And I think we said also um, that Core was one of those albums that got lumped into the grind, the grind, certainly not grind, Core, <laughs> the grunge scene. <laughs> yeah. Far from, far from grindcore. Yeah. Uh, the grunge scene. And whilst they were seen as kind of copycats of especially Pearl Jam, because Scott Weiland had a very similar voice to Eddie Vedder. They they certainly stood the test of time, Stone Temple Pilots, didn't they? And, yeah. you know, obviously the the tragic passing of Scott Weiland uh, four or five years ago, they never quite hit the heights that they did on Core, and then um, I think it was called Purple or... Yeah, the second one was Purple, Tyrant yeah. Music. Yeah. yeah. But they were exciting time, uh, exciting band at that time. And yeah. yes, it's not thrash metal, but... There, as we said with Morrissey, you can like, you may not like Morrissey, but you can like other music. And whilst they maybe haven't aged as well as a lot of bands, that, that was an exciting time for um, grunge music, really. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I, they, their performances were, were brilliant. Um, so I need to dig out Core again and never listen to it. And then we talked about Megadeth at Donington 2010. That was a Rust in Peace anniversary show. So the so the set list was heavily Rust in Peace centered. Yeah, no, it looked a good set list, didn't it? Yeah, it looked fucking brilliant. In fact, um, Tim Finch uh, finished off the podcast. He was talking about the paid with exposure um, and the episode with Eyes of a Raven. So we check check that out. Uh, Dave Rowe, he went to Donington to uh, download two thousand ten. Um, we also listened to the podcast while, uh, what was he doing? Taking me to paint a raised planter box in the garden. So there you go, while he was listening to us. And he said about Saxon, uh, why they had such a long set at such an early of the day, it was because of the 30-year anniversary of when they first played the Monsters of Rock show. Okay. So that makes sense now. And then John Andrews, Lamb of God, were on before Megadeth at Wembley Arena. I was at that one. Lamb of God were the usual yawn fest. Soloysis were on the bill too. They were very enjoyable. So, yeah. So that, at that time, um, and even later, Lamb of God was still on before Megadeth. Just going back to the Megadeth set list. Yes. The, uh, the Rust in Peace anniversary. They, they played a selection. They didn't play all of Rust in Peace, but they played... Um, they kind of mid-set. They kicked off with... Well, they finished four song in my darkest hour. So you've gone from you know a real classic into Holy Wars of Punishment Due, Hangar 18, Five Magics, Poison Was the Cure, Tornado of Souls, and then Rust in Peace, Polaris. You know that is a 
six, five or six songs of just pure gold, isn't it? Really, if it you, is. you like, you may not like Rust in Peace as their favourite album, but to get mid set of a gig, that that's pretty special. You're at a Megadeth gig, you pretty much want to see Rust in Peace, Peace Cells era stuff, don't you? Definitely, and, uh, yeah. You, you definitely got it there. What did they finish up with after that Peace Cells bit? Well, they did. Then they did Trust, Sweating Bullets, Symphony of Destruction, and then Peace Cells. Fucking hell, that is brilliant. Because when Trust comes on, you can go for a for a Jimmy, you can have a pint, and then you can get back and watch the closing. You could you could have three pints and then get back. Yeah, like you say, just for Peace Cells. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, never, never really taken with that. Um, the Sweating Bullets and Symphony. I think I lost. I didn't lose interest in Megadeth, but I think they hit such a peak with Rust in Peace. Okay. It was always going to be very hard for them to, in my, you know, in my very small humble opinion, I, I never, I never saw them scale those heights again for Rust in Peace, and I think it was because seeing them live, I was just absolutely blown away on that Rust in Peace tour, and I think a lot of that was Nick Menza behind the drum kit. I'm not a drummer, but mm. he was unbelievable mm. when. When, when we saw him, it was just unreal hitting that. I've never seen anyone hit the the, the drum kits. I'm sure he was standing up half the time. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, he kind of had that sort of massive drum kit with those kind of symbols on racks and they were seemed to be really loose. Every time he yeah. hit it, it kind of wobbled for fucking ages, didn't it? Yeah. But um, anyway. Yeah, that's Sweating Bullets, just going on to that, it's quite a hooky song, isn't it? Oh, yeah, they've definitely got um, hooks there and definitely yeah. catchy, yeah. The catchy, yeah. It's probably about as catchy as Megadeth get, really, in my opinion, and as commercial as I like them. And then they kind of went, oh, let's, like, that trust is a very commercial song. It's fucking dreadful. I don't like that one. So there you go. So that's the podcast all wrapped up from last week. We'll also mention very quickly that the podcast before, John mentioned Rectal Smegma, and I think he'd seen them at the Black Heart at some gore fest all day or something isn't he i think he did yeah yeah so rectal smegma there you go one one to look out for or not as the case may be yes right shall we crash on with um some a to z of ticketing a to z w a yeah w indeed um so oh, my computer's just going fucking about again so white zombie did you go to that one i don't think i did mate no okay i haven't, I haven't got a ticket for it but that that doesn't mean i wasn't there but i i don't i think i only saw them once and that was at a festival oh right yeah that would have been donnington 95 so on metallica where they had about eight eight or nine bands wasn't it yeah so yeah this one was when they were supporting danzig or what I thought they were doing was supporting Danzig, and they were doing shows in between the shows. And um, uh, Vincent uh, Rochella said, no, Danzig had gone home by that point, but they were still knocking around, and so they decided to do one at the marquee at the end. So um, it was just after the Danzig support. And the um, biggest thing I can remember, only 50 minutes. And this was them headlining, was it? Yeah. And this was, what, uh, uh, La or Sisto, that one with Thunder Kiss 65 and... That's the, the one. The, the, the kind of breakthrough album, yeah? Yeah, that's the one. That's the very... That's the, it was a great show. They were really, really good, but um, just not enough of it. Can you imagine if they came back today, kind of a reunion? Yeah, that would be there'd, fantastic. There'd be a massive clamour for White Zombie, wouldn't they? There would. 
because at the time no one looked or sounded like White Zombie, did they? No, they were one of those bands that came along when, like we just talked about so many times, and it probably gets a bit boring. The likes of Fear Factory, Typo Negative, Pantera, yeah. Sepultura, White Zombie. They were the leading lights through that early 90s, and you had to be a little bit different, and all those bands were that little bit different, mm. weren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. I heard a reunion is never going to happen just because Rob Zombie hates the other three members, mm. and vice yeah, versa. it wouldn't be quite White Zombie, would it? No. What do you think of White Zombie solo stuff? Sorry, mate, you cut out there. What do I think of Rob Zombie's solo stuff? Yeah. Never really got into it, to be honest. No, no. I find it quite, just quite uh, derivative, kind of industrial, like um, quite repetitive, really. Yeah. But not, um, nothing really stands out. And when I say industrial, it kind of maybe cheapens it a bit. But uh, there's far better industrial music to listen to if you're going to go down that. That route, more, yeah. Yeah, not, not for me. Okay. Should we see what the members also come up with? Because yeah. I thought we might have we might have um, stumbled on this, but there we got quite a few. First one, Monsters of Rock from Neil Brannigan Fuller, um, nineteen ninety, White Snake headlining. Mm. Mm. Poor year that one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was only five bands, wasn't it? Five bands. Yeah. Thunder. Choir Boys, Poison, Aerosmith, and Whitesnake. Monsters of uh, definitely rock, wasn't it? Not certainly not heavy metal. It weren't metal. No fresh bands on well, the bill. Uh, although at the time, I mean, was that a big, a conscious decision not to to, to push Download away or Donington as it was Monster Rock, push it away from the heavy bands? Yeah. I, certainly, I know Whitesnake at that time. Mm. Slip of the tongue. That was one of the biggest, yeah, biggest that, albums of the of, of the era, wasn't it? Really. So, uh, I don't know why there weren't any thrash bands there. There was a lot of thrash bands around at that time. Yeah. But maybe the problems the couple of years before resulted in a, a bit of a sea change. Really. I think that was they. They played it a bit safe. They thought if there wasn't any thrash bands, there wouldn't be any moshing or fighting down the front. And um, uh, I, I, I can't. I would like to think that, that wouldn't be the case, but I, I think that was the case. I just think they played it nice and safe, had a nice, safe uh, rock show. And uh, White Snake have headlined it before, hadn't they, before this in like 1984 or something like that. Yeah. yeah and um, yeah, uh, it was but a big you, album. So it was a, it was a lot of you, You've seen the Choir Boys, haven't you? I have. Have you been in a pit at the Choir Boys concert? It, it, it's worse than those hardcore shows. <laughs> Well, it's it's all those kind of like neck scarfs and things like that, isn't it? And 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 you get tripped up by a scarf, you see, and you're down. Yeah. And those buggers, they don't pick you up in those choir boys pits. No, they're going to kick you down with their Cuban heeled cowboy boots. That's for fucking sure, aren't they? So not happy about yeah. that. Um. So what have we got here? I think we got a collection of wasp tickets. Um. From. I can't. I can't pronounce the name Lapin. E O I N. E O N Lapin. And he yeah. went. He went to see. He's seen Wasp on four different occasions. Forgot about Wasp. Yeah, I've never seen them. So I. I am Lapin. Is it? Um. Uh, yeah. 
Lapping, yeah. That's, Thank you, Ireland. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's from Ireland, cool. so it's, a, it's probably... Well, I don't even know. I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to pronounce the name. But thank you, Mr. Lapping. That was uh, that was much appreciated. Your old mate, Dave Rowe, who I'm going to call the insider from now on, and which we'll talk about in a while, um, he went to... Do you remember White Devil? I don't. Only... No, I, I don't at all. Only from what Dave, Dave said on his post. But no, I didn't know him at all. Yeah, so uh, Bobby from Biohazard... And Harley from uh, Cro-Mags for the um, and some ex uh, Cro-Mag members in there and stuff uh, formed another band called White Devil. Now I went to this show, but it wasn't on that date, or it might have been on the date. He said it was tenth of January. I went to it, and there was a whacking great snowstorm in New York, and they got snowed in, and so they didn't show up. But of course, technology as it was at the time, I couldn't get to it. So um, I spent the evening with some like-minded um, sort of hardcore uh, guys and girls uh, in North London, drinking cider and eating Chinese food. Often the way when you can't uh, get into a gig. Yeah. And uh, when they did reschedule, I couldn't go to it for some reason. <laughs> I couldn't afford it. So, uh, well, never... I think choir boys were in town that night. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would have gone and seen the choir boys. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's right. Moving swiftly on. Toss up between... This is Dean Bailey. Hi, Dean. Uh, toss up between White Zombie Leeds 96 or this one. Had to go with this one. Headbangers ball cameras were also there. And the chance of Blackie's got a fat ass. Uh, I can't really see the ticket. I'm just loading it up now. And it is Wasp. 97 at Rock City. Uh, chance of Blackie's got a fat ass. Um, we, Frank Holby wasn't there, was he? You're what with um, you're just a fat you're James Hetfield. James Hetfield, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I'm I'm thinking you've got to be careful with Blackie Lord saying he's got a fat ass because he usually got a chainsaw or something fucking sticking out of it, isn't he? So <laughs> you got to be a bit careful. Um, Cat Finch saw White Zombie supporting with Danzig, Danzig. So um, that that was round about the time of the Marquee Show. Al Robinson. Now, can you believe this, mate? We've crossed paths with. Uh, Mr. Al Robinson. He's got a Wolfsbane ticket from back in the yeah. day, it looks like. And it turns out uh, he was at the Winchester Railway show from a couple of years back. Yeah. That the Bangers and Thrash uh, Express set out for. We did, yeah. And it's a strange venue, isn't it, that? Because it's, it's a nice venue at the back of a pub. And Winchester isn't a hotbed of kind of metal or rock, is it? But no. it's... It's a it's a good it's a nice town Winchester and if you get in these venues these really important venues that keep live music going it's great if you can get out and see them and this venue was fantastic however the stage was the same height as the, uh, the like the crowd was standing so whilst you could see Blaze Bailey standing there front and centre you mm -hmm. know you couldn't really see any of the you certainly couldn't see the drummer you couldn't see. No. The, the guitarist or the bassist, could you? It was it was strange. In a nice nice venue, but mm -hmm. just bizarre that when they weren't maybe I think the the head level, the height level meant that. But yeah, it was um, the Railway Arms or the Railway Tavern, I think it was. Yeah, something the Railway. Yeah. So, but nice to have crossed paths with Al, and no doubt if uh, they play again, we could venture down there, couldn't we, and have a pint with Al? Well, I, did, I, I was looking at. Yeah, absolutely. If we, 
a lot wise, you know, if we were going to go out to any of these gigs and members are there, it's a shame because we had a bit, little bit of momentum starting, didn't we? <coughs> yeah. Going to some gigs and seeing members, and then everything happened. And I think the live music scene's going to be put on ice for a little bit. But when it's yeah. all up and running, we're definitely turn the clock back and try and get in touch with a lot of these members that we've not been able to meet up with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, as I was saying, with Vincent Rochella, he um, he's got, he nicked the set list and he shared the set list with us. Um, and I said I don't remember it being that short. Ten songs and they were all great. And he's got Soul Crushing, uh, Thrust, Black Sunshine, Welcome to the Planet, Motherfucker, I Am Legend, Grindhouse A Go-Go, Spider Baby, Thunder Kiss. They've done a cover of Helter Skelter and then Cosmic Man. So I reckon that's about 50 minutes there. Yeah. Definitely, but great share with that, and it looks like a proper set list. Do you know what I mean? It's handwritten, and it's a bit battle ravaged as well. Exactly what you want to see in a in a in a set list share there, don't you? Cool. Imagine the marquee that night. That would have been rammed, wouldn't it? I can't remember whether it was rammed or not. I'm. It was. It was. De- it was decently attended. That's for sure. I mean, why I remember Grindhouse a go go is in the middle of it. They've got that bit where he kind of goes go. Go, go, and the fucking place was absolutely jumping on time with him. It was mental in the middle. It was really good. So, there, yeah. some sweet memories going on. Memories. Uh, Miles Hackett, thank you for this. Saw Whiplash in nineteen January nineteen ninety. Gig was moved at uh, to the George Roby last minute, and was double booked with an Irish night. Whiplash got stuck on a rough channel crossing and arrived late, and finally played Gone Midnight. Total shambles, but rememberable. <laughs> An Irish note. You imagine this uh, thrash metal band turning up and like, yeah, we're here to be. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Whiplash. Not had many dealings with Whiplash, you? Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I haven't really heard any of their stuff is what I was meant to say. Have you got any of their stuff? Oh, OK. I thought you were doing a non-Irish, Irish impression. <laughs> No, I, I, like, I am half Irish, but I won't do an accent because, um, you yeah. know, I, I'll, again, I'll get lynched. I don't want to get lynched. I don't want to upset anyone. I've already upset um, our Irish brothers by um, by not pronouncing his name correctly. I'll get even more fucking trouble. So, but anyway, Whiplash, um, have you got any? They, it's New Jersey's finest thrashers, apparently. I've got one of their albums on vinyl, and I think it's called Insult to Injury. Uh, yes, that was the tour I that think... uh, Mr. Hackett was on. Okay. Any good? There you go. I think, I think Chris Gambold has spoken about them before in detail. I apologise, Chris, because I know Chris listens. So apologise, Chris, if I've thrown you in there saying that you've spoken about them when you haven't. I know uh, Dave Rose certainly probably has. So um, okay. yeah, not a band that I'm too familiar with, but being a vinyl collector, there, I, I should really crack it out and have a look. Yeah, I'll. I might have to. Uh... I have to try and find that album and have a listen to it. It's on Road Racer, so and from New Jersey, and they were back in the day, so all chances are going to be good. So that's great. Brian D'Andrado, Wargasm. Uh, so on September 18th, 2004, these guys always crushed live back in the day, and this reunion show was no exception. Top form. Wargasm. What do you, what, any dealings with Wargasm? Any dealings with what? Uh, at all? With Wargasm. And any dealings with Orgasms? <laughs> <laughs> Cutting up at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. That was uh, that was uh, a. No. If you want to talk about your dealings yeah. with orgasms, mate, you can. You can treat it like therapy, and we can we can help you out. But we, we, I, we haven't got we haven't 
it's a safe group, isn't it? It is a safe group, mate. Orgasm. I'm not. I'm not familiar with orgasm. Okay, so another one we need to uh, we need to check out. I'm so, gonna, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make a note though of some of this stuff. And we're gonna um, we're gonna try and uh, get a get, put it in the comments below, are we? Link yeah, I, th I think so. Yeah, some of them because it seems a shame that we we just dis well certainly not just dismissing it, but mm. people are saying some of this stuff, and we we do try and generally ch check back on a lot of it, don't we? So yeah. orgasm for Brian. We'll have a look at that. Brilliant, brilliant. And I am going to let you take over because yours was the next comment. Steve Wilson at the Royal Albert Hall. Tell me about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Steve Wilson, he is the singer-songwriter leader of Porcupine Tree. Porcupine Tree oh, okay. being a progressive alternative rock band from England that have been going for probably about, um, I don't know, 20 years maybe, but they're on kind of an extended hiatus. So Stephen Wilson has been doing his own his own stuff probably for about 10 years maybe mm -hmm. um, and it's just really good really well written catchy uh, deep uh, often emotional brilliantly played techni technically amazing progressive rock and it's sometimes it can be really poppy mm -hmm. sometimes it uh, on recent albums anyway but sometimes it can be really crunchingly heavy mm -hmm. um it's definitely worth checking out the albert hall's a wonderful place to go and see music and yeah stephen wilson it was on the hand cannot erase album tour and yeah definitely just well worth checking it that album out if you like something a little bit mm, a little bit different okay tell me about the albert hall i'm intrigued i've never been obviously seen it on the telly a lot of time where were you sat were you in like one of the boxes were you down on the floor bit where were you i was quite high up and um, if you imagine it's obviously in the round and you've got the stage down at one point but i was probably as far up as the seats can go before you kind of got a little walkway uh, that you might see where the seats go up to and the views were fantastic. Wherever you are, the views are going to be good. The sound, I've been to the Royal Albert Hall probably four times for gigs. Oh, and okay. The sound has always been fantastic. And I don't know if it's because it's the Albert Hall, the, the, the acoustics, as it were, mm -hmm. are always that good. But I've always been really pleased with the sound. It's just a fantastic experience because it's a real... It's a real experience going to a prestigious venue like that. It's a beautiful building from the outside. You go to it and you see it. it's a lovely piece of architecture. And then you go in and you don't feel like you're in a venue other than when you're buying a beer for £15.50 and it's warm. And you, Other than that, that's the only time you feel like you're in a venue. But it's, it's wonderful. It's a lovely place to go other than getting there unless you're driving and then you've got to try and park. But it's yeah. a really good venue to go to for music, for quality-wise. So, yeah. Even when bands get up and running and go to places like that, I'll definitely go and see something there again. Do they sell Snake Bite and Black behind the bar at the Royal Albert Hall? Yes. Wow, fucking classy joint then. I'm getting myself to one of them. <laughs> you just have to say, can I have a blackcurrant, please, and a pint of cider? Oh, fucking hell, that's too much. And a pint of lager. Too yeah, much. You can't, you can't mix it. They, they wouldn't do that. Do you know where you are? Well, no, fuck them then. I ain't going. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob Davies, 
Uh, they're not metal, they don't matter, but loads of me metal fans like them, the Wild Hearts, and that was down at the Engine Room in Southampton. Yeah, we've spoken about them, haven't we? Good yeah. evening, Rob. Thanks for your comments. Uh, yeah, thank you, Rob. Yeah, they're yeah. one of those. They're one of those bands, aren't they? That kind of just transcend that. They they click across from rock music and a bit like therapy. Although therapy were a little bit harder, a bit edgier. They were. Wild Hearts always seemed to be accepted, didn't they? They did. Yeah. They. Uh, but. And Ginger yeah. Wild Heart. I don't know an awful lot about him, but he can certainly write a good tune here and there. And he can do it for fun as well, can't he? Yeah, definitely. Certainly writes a catchy tune. I heard, you know, it was funny, um, H and uh, I think it was Gene Hogland from Dark Angel talking about, yeah, when we go into a studio, we've got 10 songs and we concentrate on those 10 and we knock 10 out. Um, I think Ginger Wildheart, I forget what album it was. I think it was that Fuck album. Do you remember that was that funny F-Q-U, however, you know, it's funny spelled or whatever. Apparently they had something like 50-odd tunes going into that. Really? I'm sure I read something like that. I wonder if anyone can... But there was a shit... Because they made that album Fishing for Luckies as well that came out afterwards, which was going to be like an EP of the best of the rest. And the record company just went, fuck it, we'll put another album out because you've got the material there. And so they did, you know, and um, he could just write them for fun. Yeah, he's quite a, yeah, definitely. He's a respected and liked musician, isn't he? And a guy as well. Yeah. And just to finish up, our old mate John Wig... Um, White Zombie at Brixton Academy in May 1996. No ticket, but the T-shirt is one of two that survived a garage robbery that cost me, amongst other things, my battle jacket and painted Sergeant D. So, um, Which they... awful, eh? A, a garage robbery and, and, and you lose all your bits and pieces. What a shame. Although they left the... Um, oh, yeah, well, they took Sergeant D but left left White Zombie. So that, that tells you something, doesn't it? Hmm. Mm. Well, they've got taste. Well, well, it would seem. Well, know, probably, that's probably still a bit raw for John. So yeah, yeah, we we shouldn't make light of uh, John's uh, uh, garage robbery, but um, nice to know that he's still got the t-shirt. Um, yeah. But there you go, uh, White Zombie at Brixton in '96. I mean, four years later, they were smashing out Brixton Academy. Crazy, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So that was W. That was W. Absolutely. Sorry, mate. I'm saving it up. So, Rob, what's part number six on the playlist, mate? Number six was Hex, H-E-X-X, twice as bright, half as long, from Quest for Sanity. Mm -hmm. Another band I discovered by the Music for Nations compilation series, Speed Kills, But Who's Dying. They're a Bay Area rat, also rans, Hex, who came to the Thrash Party way too late after persisting in playing rather pedestrian power metal and finding themselves outgunned by everyone around them. Mm. However, it proved really hard to find, in fact, only got the CD pressing a couple of years ago, but worth tracking it down. Good, good song that. Quite a depthy kind of, yeah. quite heavy song, but um, certainly certainly warrants its place on a thrash. Definitely, I remember the uh, that was one. I remember the logo. It was quite a distinctive logo, wasn't it? What year was that? Not a band I was familiar with at all. Okay, like I say, I only, I only remember the logo. I did, I they didn't get down to me as far as albums are concerned. But what year was was the release, Robbie? Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. So yeah, that could have get swallowed up by a big, a lot of big hitters, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've got ten quid in your pocket and you can only buy one album in eighty-eight, Hex is going to be quite far down, aren't they? Choir boys to buy, yeah, there's choir boys to buy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
What's next then, mate? 1989, number seven. Evil Dead, Gone Shooting, from Annihilation of Civilization. You'll definitely know, know the album cover. Definitely. And I was talking about this band on the podcast. The podcast. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Great, a great guest. We kind of just... Uh, it, it, well, we kind of said, Chris, um, thrash metal. And he went for about 40 minutes, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. He did. He was so much part of the second wave of thrash. Evil Dead, nevertheless, made a minor... Lost Robbie again. So what we are... I just cut you off there, mate. What were we talking about? X. Oh, there you are. Yeah, nice to see you in the uh, the, the toilet. Or, um, yeah, one person watching, that might be me. <laughs> I can't see anyone, but, yeah, we'll, we'll just... Uh, I'll, I'll come back to that. That's fine. What uh, we're talking about was X, uh, White Zombie, uh, John Wick, the ticket, A to Z of tickets... Um, there was quite a few for W. I was saying, do you think there'll be as many for X? Well, Zentrix will do well, I think. Yeah, that's about the only one that I've got is Zentrix, but I'm sure Pete and a few others will, you know, amaze us with some of the X's that they yeah that they've got. But um, no, it'll be interesting. Isn't that band that that sort of grindcore band that have a short story as their their title of their band? Does that begin with an X? Is that not that um, the one that John likes? And it's something about priests in the in the churchyard at night, yeah. behind a gravestone, blah 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 blah. And it's shortened down, and it's about sixty words, but it's shortened down to this. It's like a twenty-four word acronym or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, some, I'm, not yeah. Sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that begins with. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But we'll find out. X definitely. Um, Zentrex will no doubt be the example because I, I haven't got anything else. I don't think I've ever seen another band beginning with X. So I think, uh, I think they'll do well. No, not at all. So let's move on to our book review that Mr. Andrews, Mr. Andrew Matthews done for us. It's called, talking of Mustaine and sweating bullets earlier, Hello Me, Meet the Real Me by Mustaine. Have you read it? Hello? Metal Hammer a few years ago gave away kind of they, they often do give away small little paperbacks they're often giving away lots of stuff really when you know a cd or a paperback book and they gave away kind of excerpts of dave mustaine's book so i've read excerpts of it but not the full thing so hearing andrew's write-up was was really interesting and thank you andrew for taking the time to do it okay yeah no it was a great review really really just appreciate i've always wanted to get like a book review on there um we can we can read a little bit about the undoubtedly this is unable to bring you a regular feature thrash on this evening okay so you've done a little bit this book is quite engaging especially the childhood to countdown extinction era where i stopped listening to megadeth megadeth dave is very honest about his descent into drug addiction and doesn't blame others for it but he struggles with alcohol and his more difficult subjects father being an alcoholic uh, who cuts a strange character um so yeah, he did. You know, he he went quite into it. Like I say, I didn't read this. I heard it on an audio book. Um, yeah, must own, but not uh, before leveling questions of plagiarism over a couple of songs, most notably Enter Sandman. Overall, he is quick to thank those who helped him at different points. Dan Killer, he was meant. I was meant to correct that to Dan Liker, but I think Dan Killer sounds awesome. And Scott Ian on the early days, and is quite uh, contrite about some of his past misdemeanors. Uh, can be quite funny in a self-deprecating way. And gives respect to most of his former bandmates 
who have played with Megadeth along the way. So this book was released in 2010, so his battle of cancer and further band changes were not addressed. But another book is apparently on its way. So that will probably be tackled in that. So do you want to hear what some of the uh, members' comments? Let's hear it, yeah. Okay, if my, uh, if my uh, um, computer doesn't die on me. George Nesbitt. Thank you, George. Great review. Totally agree. Picked it up when it came out and read it in two days. It's a really easy read, and it's pretty candid about his addiction issues. I'm totally recommend it. So there you go, recommendation straight away. <laughs> uh, Robbie's just playing. You can hear me, Rob? I can hear you, mate. I'm just struggling to see you. So you carry on. Okay. Earl Grogan. I got the paperback. Couldn't put it down. Fantastic read. Uh, so thanks for that, Earl. Uh, Steve Airy. Great read the book is. Uh, massive Dave Mustaine fan. I thought he came across well and reasonably balanced. So that's brilliant. Scotty Wells. Got a, got a chink, Scotty Wells. I, I think we might have lost Robbie. Um, Skype ankle. No, I'll just keep it there. Uh, I understand Dave uh, grudges and the anger that drove him in the beginning, but feel his career has completely vindicated him as far as being in the shadow of Metallica. Most anyone is aware of Dave's contributions to Metallica and the success of his albums. I truly feel Dave kind of lost the battle at the beginning, but won the war. So there we go. Won the war. Um, I'm wondering whether Robbie is still with me. One. So, yeah, I did lose Robbie there, but I got him back. And I just to abbreviate what Scotty was saying, that Dave Mustaine, um, it feel truly has lost, uh, it kind of lost the battle in the beginning, but has won the war as far as um, his time with in Thrash goes. Uh, with Metallica, is that probably? Metallica, sorry, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, because he said he was uh, vindicated as far as him being the shadow of Metallica. Um, most everyone is aware of Dave's contributions to Metallica, so... And that's the first mention of Scotty. So Scotty, well, I did, mate. I did tink him, but um, yeah. you, you, you were lost in the ether, I think. And I think it's got more to do with my fucking Wi-Fi than anything else. Um, Anthony Setjoy, thanks for the comment, uh, Anthony. Good book. I had it in my library for ages. Now it, uh, now it seems. Remember, it's quite entertaining at the time and quite honest. I'd recommend it to any Megadeth fan or anyone who likes to read about metal. Nice review, Andrew. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Frank Holby loved the book. <clears throat> Pre-ordered it full price when it came out. A few weeks later, it was in the works for a fiver. <laughs> Lots of insight in it. Does touch on the God Squad thing, but it has. Uh, but as much as Dave Ellison, quite frankly, bored. Um, that quite frankly bore me to death. If I had a rating out of ten, it would be a seven. Okay. Nice. Okay. So that's this worth, worth checking out. Definitely. Uh, Vincent Rochella. Ask anyone to name the big four, and they will almost start with Metallica. However, by the other three in whatever order, like them or not, Metallica are the top of the tree, and Dave was bitter for a long time. He made himself look like a whiny pussy in the some kind of monster by not simply calling Lars up so they could have a chat or a meet, but instead waiting for Lars to come to him. Speaks volume, that bit does. His personality overpowered my interest in the music around 1990, which is what you were saying, around about 1990, Lost Injury. Not in that, um, you know, about Metallica, love them or hate them, number one thrash band, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I
They are really, yeah. And Vincent is a big Metallica fan, as we've known from his posts and that. However, what he says there is totally true. They are, like you say, love them or hate them, it is Metallica and then the rest. Even, I think Slayer have really pushed up into that kind of second place now mm-hmm. and their legacy of the part. Definitely. You went a bit, yeah, you went a bit. Where they've got to with the, the final tours and all that. Mm. Uh, they certainly push their uh, kind of price up, as it were, into this bigger band than, than maybe they would have been had they kept going. Yeah, yeah, totally agree, totally agree. Um, what do you think? Of, I haven't seen the some kind of monster, but I've seen the kind of little clips about that, and there's that sort of painful interview. Well, not interview, because it's a meeting, isn't it, between Lars Ulrich and, and Dave Mustaine, where Mustaine's sort of like saying, you know, you kicked me out, and... And Lars Ulrich's got his hand, his head in his hands and stuff. Have you seen it? And, and is I, I don't remember seeing it. The only thing I do remember seeing is the um, studio sections with James and Lars and the producer. Now, when it's really quite uncomfortable viewing. What uh, in what uh, James way? James and Lars. In, in what way is it uncomfortable? Uh, just, mate? That, just that they're having a pretty much. You know, James and Lars are obviously. They have a love-hate relationship, don't they? Yeah. And that they know they are Metallica, and it was more of a uncomfortable viewing that the, the producer was it Bob Rock? I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was Bob Rock. Yeah. And they and they brought in. It wasn't a producer. It was. I think they brought in a. And for, forgive my um, lack of knowledge because I, I haven't seen the whole thing, but. They brought in this therapist, didn't they, to sit with Metallica and work through the whole process while they were recording the blackout, I think. Okay. And I think I, I think it was a blackout. I, I, I apologise, you know, but um, yeah, it, it didn't make great viewing, as this probably doesn't make great. Podcast, <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember they brought some. I think it was the. Um, uh, it wasn't the Black Album. I think that it was the maybe the loads and the reloads. Maybe I think. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. It was. It was something. Yeah, it wasn't back then because. Um, it was. James ran- had uh, short hair in this. Yeah. I tell you when it was. I'm almost sure it was the St. Anger stuff because. St. Anger, yeah. Wasn't it was when um, Jason Newstead left, wasn't it? Because they were thinking, right, we'll do another, we'll do a documentary, and all of a sudden it kind of blew up. And didn't James Hetfield like disappear for fucking months or something? months and they couldn't do anything and he was months away yeah crazy crazy um back to to mega dave john brack loved it good couple of days read fucking i wish i could read a book in a couple of days jesus love a spite story laugh out loud would hope to be sitting next to him on the long bus journey home when uh, they replaced him in metallica best thing to have happened to him in my opinion always been a fan of his work and can't wait to catch them again next time round that would have been an intro. They make a film that that uh, bus ride home because literally, only he, he didn't eat. It was a cross country, wasn't it, across the whole of America, and he didn't have any money. <laughs> that must have been a painful journey home, wasn't it? Bitter as well. Damn bitter. So thanks for that, John. It just uh, made me think. Yeah, what would that be like? Uh, Paul Twig loved this book. Uh, uh, I would. Dave is my all-time hero. Uh, besides all that, a great read. Even if you hate the man, may change your opinion after a read of this. So there you go. Could change your opinion. Didn't change my opinion. And I've got to say as well, Paul, I don't know whether you uh, whether you agree. I, I did say earlier in that thread that um, 
He talked about in detail about the Howard Stern incident and how he got pissed off with Howard Stern. And I went on YouTube and found the clip and it was nothing like Dave Mustaine described in the book. So, so who wrote the book? Was it some ghostwriter, was it? I guess so. Uh, like I say, I heard it on audiobook, so I don't 100% know. But the way it was yeah. described, you know, it was like a live environment, as in it was like his birth, it was like Howard Stern's birthday. And uh, it was like in a, like a theatre, like a Brixton Academy type theatre. And then they played a song and then he sat down and he, they kind of said, oh, I used, you know, Dave used to be in Metallica. And he goes, oh shit, you were in Metallica. When did you stop? And it was sort of like, Dave, Dave Mustaine was sort of like looking as if to say, well, every fucker knows that. But in the book, it kind of made it out yeah. they were in that little kind of a normal kind of radio studio. And, okay. And it was, he was really sort of asking him stupid questions and 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 sort of like taking the piss out of him when really Harrison just didn't know that he was previously in Metallica. So, there you go. Are you going to, have you read that one? You haven't, have you? No, I've read, I've read um, excerpts of it from when Metal Hammer gave a uh, small paperback kind of uh, collection of some of the chapters, and it was quite interesting, but I'm not a big reader, to be honest, mate. Um, yeah. it, it, it has to be a very good book or something I'm really interested in to, to really get me in, and um, Dave Mustaine isn't someone that I'm too interested in, so oh, okay. I won't be. Would you, would you go on the, um, the Mega Cruise? Um, good question. Uh, I, I guess it would be all about the bill, wouldn't it? We, you know, yeah. who, what would the bill be like? Um, so possibly. Um, they do do look a lot of fun, don't they? Those mega cruises. It has to be said. So well, is there something going on? You know, whether it's three o'clock on an afternoon, and you know, you can go and listen to Dave playing acoustic guitars whilst talking about his life growing up there's always going to be something growing on but i think the people going to these things are going to be properly into the band aren't they you're not, oh, you're not God, just going yeah. there because you you fancy going away for a couple of gigs it's uh you're a big megadeth fan aren't you and and how much would one of those tickets cost are we talking haha mega money pun intended again um but i i would know no idea how much that would be no idea, but thanks to uh, Andrew Matthews for doing that. I think he's doing a Metallica one next, isn't he? I believe. Um, let me just have a look at the post. Well, um, if you can still hear me. Uh, so I thought he was going to do a Metallica one. Oh, he's, he's definitely got one one coming up. So um, looking forward, Mr. Matthews, for the next uh, book review. Are you still with me, mate? I think I'm going to have to get Robbie back again. Right. Next feature. So that was, again, thanks to Andrew for the book review. Should we talk about T90? And I'll let you uh, lead on this one, mate. Yeah, T90. This is our feature where... Yeah. It's about tape trading and making compilations, doing playlists back in the day and sharing your music that way because that was the way that we kind of learnt about music, wasn't it, from people sharing it? Well, I never did tape so trading. So we started but a feature up. Def about six Sorry, definitely. No, I, I didn't do tape trading. But no, go on. But it's often talked about. Mm -hmm. um, I did see making, make your own tapes and you make your own CDs. 
and Chris Gambold took up the opportunity this week to, or this fortnight, to do his T90 to share with the group. Definitely. There's only two rules with the T90. One of them, number one, track one needs to be your favourite thrash, and there has to be a minimum of five thrash songs within the ten song playlist. So. Chris Gamble went for Death Angel, seemingly endless time from Act Three. So, do you think he done he this? Says, Go, sorry to interrupt. Do you think he done this as like an album, and this was the opener that he was going with because it is the first one on the album. It's got a nice little intro bit and all the rest of it. Do you think he he set it up like an album? Did you hear that question, Robbie? Hello, Robbie, are you still there? No, all I heard, mate, was... Yeah, yeah, all I, all I heard was, do you think he'd done this? And I'm guessing you said, as a kind of running playlist, as in, this is the perfect opener for an album. Definitely, that's what I exactly what I said. Well, he did say, this is the perfect opener. I mm. first heard this track via his video that was included in an episode of ITV Raw Power. For the first few bars, I thought it was Anthrax due to the choppy riff trade-off between Rob and Gus, which could have come from among the living or persistence of time. It then follows up with a got some great changes of pace through the verse and got some killer chorus. All in all, a brilliant track and probably the thrashiest number on the otherwise mixed bag that was 1990s Act 3. I saw them on that tour and they were absolutely brilliant. Fucking brilliant. It was Hammersmith Odeon and... Um... Yeah, really excellent album, the Act 3. And when we done the recent poll, that was quite high up, wasn't it, as the best Death Angel album? It was, yeah. It's It's got a little bit of everything, hasn't it? And mm-hmm. that, that song, when it when it opens up, that you're hearing it in left, right, left, right, left, right. It's, it's the, the, you know, the, the guitar's going off. And mm. there, was, there was a lot of variety on that album. You had a room of a view as well. It was a, yes. you know, a lovely, beautiful uh, song. So... Way to kick things off. He then went straight into the thrash with Death Squad from Ignorance, Sacred Reich. He says it is, of course, the unmistakable Death Squad. I love the way, I love the way what might usually be a bridge riff is the opening salvo, and that there's almost full two minutes of brilliant mid-paced riffarama before the fast thrashy vocal session even gets going. And of course, Phil Rind has something of a unique, instantly recognisable voice. In my humble opinion, he's one of the best thrash vocalists in terms of actually singing well whilst keeping it super brutal. A true classic from one of my favourite of all time 80s thrash bands. Yep, definitely agree it's with that. a great that. riff, isn't it? A great riff, great vocals, as in very distinct, you know exactly who it is. And I always think this is a bit of a trait with, with, with certain bands. When they first start out they write these kind of intros and these excellent intro riffs and as they kind of go into the career they don't seem to have time to do it they've literally got to make a song and get out for the album sort of thing and it's a real shame because um it really does put a a different spin on 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 the songs isn't it these kind of brilliant intros that sort of go missing after a certain point in someone's career Mary Jane from So Far So Good Uh, one of Megadeth's best tunes probably from their most underrated album it's got a great sense of melody and some properly gnarly twisted drug infested thrash riffs that kick around the two minute mark yeah (laughs) yeah 
it's a it's an in-betweener album because that came out right at uh, when thrash was at its height and a lot of people forget about so far so good so what and indeed mary jane because it doesn't really get played live that much does it well we better ask brian that one we'll, we'll ask brian i've never seen them play Number it live four, anyway. the last rocket fire in the hole from annihilation I first heard this track and indeed Lars Rocket on the hard and heavy thrash metal special and it's remained in me ever since. A classic riff, a belting chorus, there's nothing much to say about it. It is it is a banger, great song. I remember it on uh, not Raw Power. I think I saw it on Headbangers Ball. But yeah, I totally agree. It's a it's a banger of a song. But they got absolutely wiped the floor with when they got paired up with Slayer, wasn't it? So that was quite interesting. You're not allowed to mention that. People get a bit upset about that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Vincent will be on my case again. Anyway, next. <laughs> violence engulfed by flames from oppressing the massive. The Bay Area's violence are their violent and technical best on this deep cut from their brilliant second album, Oppressing the Masses. It's got one of the best choruses of any thrash song, and I love it because the band just keeps piling on the riffs and aggression right to the very end. <laughs> Just relentless all the way through. And did you hear the interview, uh, uh, H, with um, Sean Killian? Sean Killian, I did. What did you think? It was interesting. Sean Killian, he just sounds like a really focused guy now, doesn't he? Yeah. Not that I've ever heard an interview with him. I, I heard the ones when uh, he did the Killian on Command a couple of years ago, and there were the benefits shows just before he was about to have his operation. And there were some interviews with him but they were from the States and they weren't for very long. So it was, and, and the quality wasn't that great. So it was really interesting to listen to him in such detail. And he's a really focused guy, isn't he? You, you mm. think of these people as just, you know, um, uh, um, it just seemed really focused and really intent on pushing the band, the business that is violence to more territories, more places, people that haven't seen them working on new music. It was fantastic. A really enjoyable interview. That um, We'd definitely have to link that, maybe. I've done that already. Shared it with everyone. Just to let you know, Warren Elliott's come back on Facebook Live and said, so far, so good. So what was a gnarly album? So thank you, Warren. I don't, I don't know if uh, Warren can hear me this end, but uh, if, if he can hear you, say good evening, Warren, wherever you are, and um, thanks for tuning in. Definitely appreciated. What's next on the playlist, mate? What's next on the playlist now, Rob? Oh, don't tell me. Sorry, Robbie, I did lose you again, mate. We're at number seven. Uh, so it's Evil Dead Gone Shooting from Annihilation of Civilization. Mm-hmm. It's from Chris Gamble, T90. Yeah. And it was Creator, One of Us from Terrible Certainty. Yeah. And this track is my favourite 90s, 80s creator tune from the north slightly certainty absolutely from start to finish from the discordant intro crushing verse section and one of the best chorus riffs i've ever heard all capped with millie petrosa's deranged snarl and i think that's the thing about terrible certainty when we ran the flash poll for the uh, best creator albums we also did a playlist of creator albums didn't it yeah it gave me time to really rediscover coma of souls and terrible certainty and they're fantastic albums albums that i've never given enough um time to really mm. and terrible certainty 
It's fantastic. And it's from 1987, so it was really in the heyday. Yeah. And it's a really raw but really technical album. Uh, didn't Brian D'Andrado say that's their kind of lost album because it's smack bang in the middle of two and he said there's not a bad tune on there? I think it was. I think Brian actually chose it as his album outside of the Big Four, didn't, mm, didn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he, he put something like that. So uh comes with, with high regard. But yeah, it's... Because um, what two albums is it? Is it Extreme Aggression? And what's the one before it? Is it... Um, not Flag... Is it Flag of Hate? Sorry, mate. What do you say? Is what? It's smack, smack bang in the middle of two bangers, isn't it? Is it Extreme Aggression? Yes, you've got Extreme Aggression in 1989... Uh, you've got Camera Skulls after that. You've got uh, Terrible Certainty before Extreme Aggression. Yeah. What was before Terrible uh, Certainty? Pleasure to Kill was obviously the third one. Pleasure to Kill, yeah. yeah. So you, it does get buried a little bit, doesn't it? But um, banger of an album. A great album cover as well. I always remember that album cover. The Devil in the Light. Yeah. yeah. Um, number nine, Dark Angel, a subtle induction from Time Does Not Heal. Well, I've said a lot about this track already. Needless to say, it's one of my all-time favourite tunes. It's just so intense. Every time you think they can't get even more intense without losing control, they up the ante. The section that runs from the brilliant guitar solos to the end of the track is one of the best in all of Thrash and is another one that definitely makes me lose my shit, <laughs> even at my now relatively advanced age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's always good. Someone in an advanced age losing their shit. There's nothing better, is there? I think H played it as well on his Radio Bollock show, show fairly recently. Yeah. And it's a fantastic song. It really is. It, it just, it does kind of, as Chris said, it ups the ante. Mm -hmm. It starts off with a really kind of bizarre guitar tone going. And then, yeah, it's a heavy old number. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, well, as we've said, it's, it's such an, they're in such an intense band, aren't they? The Thrashers Thrash Band. Thrash's Thrash Band singing about Bambi the Deer. Yeah, great. Why not? Number 10, Sadus, Oracle of Admission from Swallowed in Black. It was a toss-up whether this would end the on-completion with Dark Angel or Sadus, because both tracks are absolute belters, representing the perfect closer to good thrash metal album. Always hyper-technical in their riffs and arrangements, featuring one of the best bassists in Steve DiGiorgio. And Cap you still there, Robbie? Robbie, are you still there? Robbie, come back to me, mate, please. Let me let me read what we let's see if I can get read Oh no internet. Alright. So let's move on, mate, to the flash pole. We may come back to the last band, but every time we talk about the last band on Chris Gambold's playlist, the my internet goes down and we lose you on Skype. So um Apologies. Uh, about we're that. an evil band, though. Yeah, so um, I was just saying the front album cover looks like the Night King from Game of Thrones. There you go, yeah. So there you go. Right, um, let's talk about the uh, Thrash of the Titans that we went through. And um, really good one. Nuclear Assault versus Voivod. What did you think about that when it came out as a, as a heat? I was quite excited, to be honest, because... Right from the beginning, I knew in terms of how these polls work that there was, there was going to be a lot of people that would have said, well, there's only one thrash band here and it should be them. And that's kind of how it worked. Obviously, Nuclear is all a more of a thrashier band, but yeah. that doesn't mean the Voivod didn't warrant their place within the thrash 
of the Titans as much as um, Nuclear Assault because there's a lot more to being a thrash band than just head down, legs apart, thrashing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I think as we learn from a lot of the comments, Voivod certainly, not only their legacy, but, well, let's just, yeah, let's look at some of the comments cause, because rather than me kind of try and steal anyone's thunder, we could probably let some of the members, um, we can hear some of their comments anyway, can't we? Definitely. Just to test the temperature, who did you vote for? Uh, Voivod. Okay, so I voted for Nuclear Assault. Okay. So, there we go. Uh, Kev Easton, both great bands, but in a thrash-off, nuclear assault every time. So, Kev... Yeah, there's no, there's no denying. Nuclear assault are the more thrashier, if we're talking about thrash metal. Although mm -hmm. a lot of the... Some of those early, early thrash were... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, have I lost you, Rob? Are you still there? Uh, what I will do, I will continue to talk because... Hello, Robbie, you still there, mate? Yeah, I'm here, mate. Good. Yeah, I'm here, I'm just listening to Voivod. Okay, uh, Voivod's just uh, patched in. I just said I was going to continue doing the comments until you did come back in because I've been pausing and stopping it and I'm getting pissed off for doing that. <laughs> we just want to crack on. Tim Finch, nuclear assault yeah. for me. I never quite... Never quite got into Voivod, seen them live and photo uh, photographed them a few times, even interviewed them last year, but still can't get into them, so Nuclear Assault wins this one, and there's some great photographs, so just can't quite get into them. Do you get that? Can't quite get into, uh, I, into Voivod. I can see how people can't, they're not the most accessible bands, it's not like you hear a song and, and it picks. Yeah. It's, they're, they take a bit of a while to get into it, but when you do, and when it works, it's one of the best discoveries you will, <laughs> you will get in metal. It really is with Boy Bond. Mm -hmm. They're one of those really special bands that you hear so much more in each song, the more you hear it. And I certainly don't get that with the kind of uh, out-and-out thrashing of nuclear assault. I think once you've heard that music, you're going to hear that. And again, and again, and again. Mm. I think with Voivod, personally, this is me, obviously. I voted. Uh, I think we Each time. And they're still giving so much. And some of these songs that we're talking about, or albums that we're talking about, are 30 years old. And mm. I'm still hearing loads from each of those albums. And the Nuclear Assault, I think, is very down the line, one-dimensional. It's thrash. You ain't going to get an awful lot out of it. It's very good thrash, and it's brutal thrash. But... That's me personally. Okay. That's, no, that's fair enough. It's a fair comment. Uh, Peter Jelly. Can't choose on this one as I love both bands. Hard choice. So he kind of emphasises that statement. Andrew Matthews. Love both but went for Nuclear Assault just because they were my first gig. So sentiment took over. Oh, you playing a nice and tune. Who was that, who was that mate? Uh, Andrew Matthews. Okay. Um, Cat Finch, I really like Nuclear Assault and think they are a great band, but my vote had to go with Voivod. I think they have a really pushed boundaries and been an influential band. Live, they are brilliant and also look like they're having a great time. Yeah, definitely. They always look live. Look, as a live band, even some of those videos you used to see back in the day, mm -hmm. they look so just, yeah, just the four guys and the. The bassist just looked like he had shaved head at the sides, and it just looked. And the, the bass sound that they had was fantastic. But yeah. you had the the singer running around like a maniac. I don't know if I'm going to be 
going for the boycott. Yeah. I, I voted for them, but um, yeah, they always seemed a little bit different, and they were very different, as we know. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Genre of one. Uh, Sean Harkin, an easy choice this time. Nuclear assault all day long. So, uh, Kevin Adamson, he's been back on, and he's back on sharing his uh, his photos as well, which are absolutely brilliant. Uh, as far as Thrash is concerned, the obvious choice is nuclear assault, and with good reason, as they are a great band, although something wicked and third world genocide are not a repeated play in my house. However, when it comes to originality and uniqueness... Voivod are pretty much untouchable. Killing Technology, Dimension Hatros and Nothing Face are one of the best triple whammies of consecutive releases by any band and their most recent albums with Chewy are nothing short of outstanding. I love Nuclear Assault but it has to be Voivod and he's got a uh, couple of uh, really cool photographs as well with uh, with Voivod so that's, that's banging. Um, what do you think about that? That really does sort of sum it up quite nicely that Nuclear Assault, brilliant band, some amazing thrash albums, but if it's uniqueness and originality, you go with Voivod, don't you? I think you do. Yeah, they were to- they were totally unique, and no one disputed that you aren't a thrash band that can't thrash it up. They're unbelievable, and you know some of that stuff off the the, the early albums were just totally, totally. You know, it was almost like had that punky kind of. Where are they from? The like the, the East Coast, weren't they? Uh, from New York City, weren't they? I think so they're from New York. They yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So something like Sin um, off um, Game Over, like the second second track or third track off off Game Over, was brilliant. And this, that's going back to like the the mid eighties, isn't it? Yeah. It was really, it's a real punk element to a lot of their stuff, and obviously the Dan Lilka side of things, you know, had a lot to it. But I saw an interesting um, uh, little bit of a documentary on YouTube. Uh, Glenn Evans was talking about um, playing the drums. It's really interesting. I'm sure if you just go on YouTube and uh, just Glenn Evans drum documentary, and he, he talked about the way he he drums, and it was really quite interesting because you know, it gave you a little bit of an insight into yeah, um, you know how a how a drummer plays how he feels how he how he he doesn't just hit the drums he hits them with a certain feel he hits them with a certain rhythm do you know what i mean yeah i think i've seen and that documentary yeah you're so. not in a thrash band and you just oh okay yeah hmm. are, you, are you gonna we should link that up really shouldn't we it'd be good yeah it'd be yeah. definitely worth it having said that i do remember having the photo disc um Nuclear Assault Live at Hammersmith Odeon from 89 gig. And there's that bit in it. I think it's when they're playing Good Times, Bad Times. And it's the first song after the, the encore. And he's got a fag hanging out his mouth. And he's trying to sort of like get the fag out of his mouth while he's still playing. I'm <laughs> fucking one hand doing one thing. The other hand grabbing a cigarette. You can see him just like fucked off with the cigarette. That goes one way. And he carries on. He plays like one-handed for a bit so he can have a have a yeah. draw on this, this cigarette. So it's quite funny him going, oh, yeah, well, I take my art very seriously. <laughs> so that, he's fucking having a ciggy in 89. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, Robert Joseph Patterson. Uh, Voivod, just because they stood out in a crowd, sounded very different at the time. They certainly did, didn't they? They're, there's something quite haunting about that bass sound that they've got, and they weren't your typical thrash band, and they were lumped in with a lot of the noise records, mm. thrash signings, weren't they? And yeah. They obviously were on all, all the tours with the thrash bands at the time, but they had a certain appeal to the kind of, um, I don't know, the 
I, I certainly wasn't into them back in the when the the early stuff came out, but I'd imagine they would have been a lot different to what else was being offered at the time mm. to flash wise, and a lot of people probably didn't know quite what the how the hell to take them. What the hell they were doing? Yeah, yeah. But I I think that that is the uh, definitely the case, uh, and the, the the comments kind of reflect that. So Chris Key, Voivod have released so much more great music for me. Nuclear Assault. They only actually, uh, there's only actually two albums I would consider essential, Game Over and Survive. I can live without the rest. So, um... Interesting, interesting, because Handle With Care is uh, quite a big one for them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it came out at Ground Zero, really, in 80... Was it 89-ish, I think? So, 89, Handle With Care? Yeah, so there you go. Uh, Gary Carter, like them both, Nuclear Assault, Just... So, and that's kind of really a real big theme coming through all of these was love both two very different ends of the spectrum and a member just going from one over the other just. So I think it was closer. In fact, it was um, Nuclear Assault won it, didn't they? Um, there was 156 votes and 66% went for, went for so two thirds went for, for Nuclear Assault. So, you know, that just uh, shows you how, but I think it was a lot... I think with a lot of these, a lot of these votes, you you get one particular band that the fans are so passionate about. It's almost mm. like it, their their votes on Love Alone would nearly get it through. But there's mm. just a bit like the kind of nuclear assault. Well, they're a thrash band; they can win. But the Voivod fans were almost like, uh, well, they're just the best thing in the world. You know, the yeah. love for Voivod in this vote was fantastic. Yeah. Definitely agree. Uh, like you said, there they were. They are. They, they are certainly in a genre of one. There's not an awful lot of bands that as are as unique and um, um, kind of interesting as Voivod. That's not to say that Nuclear Assault don't certainly deserve their their way through. And you know, good mm. luck to them in this because they're they're certainly a very good thrash band that certainly deserve to go through. So yeah, fair play to them. Yeah, if you're talking about pure th- thrash, then it is going to be Nuclear Assault, and it's just depending on what end you come in. But, you know, Voivod are, are, can never be described as pure thrash, but at the same time, they, they just had a lot to offer. And I think so many people were torn. It was uh, a lot... I forget who was in the earlier rounds where everyone was saying, yeah, I like both bands, but just this one. On a different day, it could have been different, really. Um, John shared... John Andrews, a good friend of ours, shared a video of Dave Grohl um, yes. talking about... Uh, Voivod and like him or, or loathe Dave Grohl he certainly is into his metal and mm. of um, Raw and War and Pain which were their early albums in the kind of mid 80s and he was talking about how different they sounded and I certainly wasn't into them then mm. and um, yeah I just imagine being back then they would have been a totally different proposition to yeah. anything else going on at the time so yeah an exciting band that just seemed to get so much better as time's gone on yeah. and they, they, they really are fantastic even now um, we'll just skip because I've got John Andrews here I do like them both but this is John Andrews who we were talking about uh, I do like them both but Voivod have the longevity of them for me they lost a bit of creativity for obvious reasons but a return to form with The Wake and Post Society before that also being extremely good. I wouldn't be surprised when Nuclear Assault win, as they are much more of a thrash band than Voivod. But what have they done lately? I'm extremely happy that I got to enjoy new Voivod as well as their extensive and varied back catalogue. So that was our 
That was from John, our old mate. Uh, Neil. So I don't know. I don't know whether uh, nuclear assault are, are actually going on at the moment. They they released something on um, dry heave records, didn't they, in 2015 called Pounder, which was an EP. Oh, okay. And so four songs, fairly nuclear assault-ish, just fairly straight down the line thrash. Yeah. But I don't know what with Dan Lilka doing all his 155 different projects, whether nuclear is still was still going. It seems that you look on Wikipedia and um, Metal Archives that they are still going, but I don't know. I don't know. They came back, they came over to the UK, didn't they, uh, around about three or four years ago and done a, a load of kind of just straight up reunion gigs, if you like. Um, and that got mixed reviews, which a few people were talking about, about, um, uh, I won't say who it is because I don't think they've, they've, they've put it, but they were saying they, they really did look like it was in for the money. They were, we'll knock out some nuclear assaults because we'll get some bookings and we'll get some decent gigs and and it kind of showed in their performance um but yeah i i haven't heard anything since then they've certainly not come back to the uk since then so i i don't know whether they're an actual band at the moment or not No, I don't know. I've not heard anything. That was 2015 they uh, released Pounder. Okay. So, so that would have been around about the time of the gigs at Bloodstock, yeah. for example. Yeah. Uh, Neil, maybe someone can tell us. Maybe someone can tell us what a nuclear assault is doing. Sure, or uh, not. Miles Hackett, old, my old mate's friend, uh, Dave Rowe. Miles Hackett is um, a member as well. Whether he listens to podcasts, I don't know, but Dave does. But I'm sure Dave could tell us. But, yeah. Um, definitely. It'd be interesting to know, really. Yeah. Uh, Neil Coggins, don't mind Voivod, but couldn't hold them so much a high pedestal as our others do very good live though whereas nuclear assault were amazing up to and including handle with care survive is one of my all-time favorite albums so even though they're not perfect and have produced some duffers in their time it's nuclear assault for me for the sheer quality of those first three songs and ep so i know every band every band has the um ability not ability but the the option to release crap cover versions but they they did put on the old shite song didn't they nuclear assault they did mate i'm sorry i'm this is really good podcasting listening i'm putting my heater on because <laughs> i'm freezing my teeth well no you need to in your toilet there at the end of... yeah so that's going on smash that in all my old uh all my old cockles up yeah um Temperature dropping, is it a bit? Temperature's dropping a little bit, yeah. Yeah, sorry, what was that last call? I was slightly distracted. Go on, say that again. I just said it seems that for such a quite ferocious, raw, aggressive band, they always had the ability to drop in a bit of a weird song, didn't they? Whether that be um, uh, the Mr. Softy theme or uh, not Hang the Poke, because that was a bit of a brutal song anyway. Yes, that was... the, the funky handle with care that that funky noise thing didn't they? oh yeah they did yeah yes they did um we featured an uh, album very early on didn't we a, a a more recent one and they had that really awful cover version of ballroom blitz by the sweet fuck me that was dreadful. Go, yeah that was fucking dreadful so yeah they obviously didn't have 50 songs going into the recording studio did they, oh, I... <laughs> they had their nine and we're thinking <laughs> Well, what are we gonna do? We'll, we'll write one on the way as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. Paul Murray, Tuffy, back in the day would have been uh, would have been the salties, but I've got to uh, I've still got to see Voivod over the past few years and get it by a whisker. So recent performances, 
Voivod for that one. Um, Adrian Morgan, Voivod, without question. More albums and always great live. Nuke ass, Nuclear Assault, do it for the money now and showed the last two times I saw them. Uh, love them on album, but they lost this purely on their live performances when I last saw them. So there's Adrian sort of talking about Nuclear doing it for the money. What do you think about that? Do you think, you know, I, I Nuclear Assault slipped through the net for me. I never did get to see them. Um, I think I'd be, I, I mean, I want to see them. And if, do you, do you think, you know, sort of doing it for the money or doing it to fund other projects is a bad thing because we get to see them live? Or do you just think, look, if you're not into it, don't fucking do it? I don't know, because I think a lot of these bands, these big bands, and Nuclear Assault are still a big band, that they're going to get offered a lot of money to go and play a one-off at a festival or, you know, a couple of nights in, you know, London, Manchester, Edinburgh, wherever. Um, but if they're really not into it, you don't know the dynamics of these bands. They might not get on at all. You, mm. you just don't know. And they turn up, they've got a sound check, they've got a communicator, they've got a share a dressing room or whatever. Um, they might be getting paid a hell of a lot of money, but when they go out on stage, they, they're hard on Hello, you still there, Rob? For yeah, yeah, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, so they might not see each other for you know five years, and then all of a sudden they're booked back in to go and play these three or four gigs, and then the the chemistry supposed to click. Well, maybe sometimes it doesn't always click, and you know sometimes the lure of money might be better than the actual chemistry that's going on. I don't know because they they can't be every band that's going out there gets on as well as you know. You or I do, or, or mm. whoever. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, but I think if it affects the performance, that's the another thing, isn't it? I mean, that's what um, Adrian was talking about. That the, you know, you can be, you you hear things like bands not really getting on and not talking, but they put in a massive. They're professional when they put in a massive, really good performance. Whereas Nuclear Assault, by the sounds of it, are just sort of like um, running on a bit of empty. Okay. But, you know, I haven't seen them, and so... Uh, Mark Wallage, ha, saw both bands, but about 30 years apart. Um, Voivod for me. Um, John Cole, I love Nuclear Assault, but they don't come anywhere near close to Voivod. No thrash, thrash metal band does. There is no other and have no equal as far as I am concerned. So, pretty much what we were we were saying. Um, I've going to pick a someone that who's got a really cool surname but i'm fucked if i'm going to pronounce it correctly but it's richard balesvesky i hope that's how you do it richard but if it's not you can um you can slam me uh voivod are good at what they do and pretty innovative to boot trouble is nuclear assault are epic so he's talking about the nuclear assault thrashing Are you there, Robbie? Right. Well, if, when I've, I'm going to be talking on this, and hopefully Robbie will come back in at some point. Just wanted to talk about Pete D. I don't know why everyone is bleating on there that. You go. Hello. Sorry, I'm Not just. Here. Are you? Are you back in the room, mate? I just carried on uh, regardless, yep, mate. Yep. I'm just talking about Pete D. Uh, and this is what Pete D had to say. Uh, I don't know why everyone is bleating on about Voivod aren't worthy of inclusion in a thrash. Uh, inclusion in the thrash league voivod's first three albums are filthy dirty fast thrash 
uh, with some clever traditional chord stuff going on from their fourth album, Dimension Hattress onwards. They diversified somewhat and all the little bits of prog uh, that were underlying suddenly came to the front. And they went all out psychedelic metal for a few nods to the past and produced two absolute untouchable and apparently uncharactered risable out of classics in dimension Hatros and nothing face so lazy people just laid it as indie metal I'd never say they were indie metal that's for sure um <laughs> fuck those people after that there was a little dip in the not as immediate but uh, definitely grows on you follow up angel rat he goes on to say about piggy and all the rest of it and um uh, sadly just a bit before the time that's for sure definitely before their time general public were only getting used to the watered down commercial bollocks like fear factory and nine inch nails calling itself industrial he's talking about their industrial uh, periods um it scares me that some people that's why i hate to say that once great nuclear assault will win this on the strength of their first two albums which was vindicated by another album another comment and there's a very serious looking pd with two members of voivod with a dimension hatros tattoo on his arm oh yeah i can't I can just applaud Pete there, really, because uh, obviously he knows a hell of a lot more about Voivod than I do, but I think if there's anyone that wants to discover a new favourite band that likes anything remotely progressively heavy, um, exciting, then just start at... um, A couple of years ago, they had an album called The Wake, Voivod. Yeah, Um, John Andrews. Start going backwards, and you can discover the kind of mid mid 2000s uh, mid 90s kind of like Pete said there the industrial stuff and then you got stuff at the early 2003 four five six seven eight time where Jason Newstead was on bass you know for a couple oh, of oh hours. god yeah yeah so really exciting stuff so they've got really varied stuff and then right up to um, um, Target Earth uh, which was a fantastic album kind of almost like the big comeback album but you've got the really heavy punky, aggressive thrash stuff that Pete talked about there, saying why people saying they're not thrashy, the early stuff. Then you've got the three really progressive killing technology, uh, Dimension Hatros and um, uh, Nothing Face there. And then into the slightly uh, um, more progressive Angel Rat. But there's mm-hmm. so much there that you could almost like say, right, I'm going to a desert, or I'm going to Thrash Island, and I'm going to take Voivod with me. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't get bored, because there's so much, and that's the thing with Voivod. And I think, with Nuclear Assault, I think if you went to Thrash Island and took Nuclear Assault, oh, yeah, yeah, Nuclear Assault, but I'm done, you know? Yeah, yeah. Voivod, you've just got so much to really get stuck into. Yeah. But that's not to say they didn't deserve to go through, but, yeah, it, they're just, just if you're looking for a new band and you don't know... What, what you want to listen to out there? Voivod. Voivod are the way forward, yeah. Um, just a Frank Holby. No, they're not new, they've been going for you. But new, new, new to you, yeah. E- uh, Frank Holby, easy for me. Nuclear Assault are my top two bands. Love the direction they took. Um, thrash, heavier and faster. Brutal sums them up. Lost count of the times I saw them in the 80s and 90s. Some small intimate places that were packed to the rafters with mainly lads in their late teens early 20s just wanting to tear the place up good violent very fun as another band put it apart from raw uh, raw voivod have never really done much for me so um and Pete did get back to him there saying they nuclear assault played the back room at dingwells with atom craft <laughs> in the mid 80s unbelievable 
Are you there with me, Robbie? If you are not, I will just crack on and say some more comments, and you no doubt will come back in. Dennis Speecher, love the comments on these two bands. Uh, Nuclear Assault and Voivod are both worthy of the nod. Nuclear Assault has remained doing what it uh, what they did, while Voivod have taken many different directions over the years. While I do enjoy what, uh, the works of both, I have to say that Voivod definitely has taken their sound to different dimensions. It's a hard decision to go against either band on this one. I'll go against the grain and go for Voivod just because not everyone gets them and they have definitely taken the metal scene and have created it their own within it. They have, like we said, they're a, a genre of one. It's genre. cliche, but there's not many bands that are, but they certainly are. Definitely. Uh, Scott Gabriel, uh, Voivod for me purely because they were way ahead of their time and have consistently delivered, whether it's been with Snake or Blackie. Eric Forrest or Chewy, superb band. Nuclear Assault are great and up and including their pinnacle, but that was handled with care. Everything that came afterwards has been meh and disappointing. So that kind of sums up what we were talking about. Uh, Janice uh, thought, hmm, can't choose. Kind of love both equally for different reasons, which does kind of sum everything up. And uh, Brian D'Andrado, game over, handle with care. These guys kill Voivod, at least as far as thrash goes. Sure, Voivod are technically better musicians, although I will put Glenn Evans up against Away any day. And uh, two great minds came to a head there because Pete D got into a uh, nice conversation with Brian. And there was a nice um, nice debate going on about uh, a very respectful one going between um, Nuclear Assault and Voivod, between two very cool members who know a lot about this stuff. Um, I missed most of that, mate, but... Um... You'll have to listen to it, mate. I was just, I was just saying that Brian, Brian, Brian D'Andrado and uh, Pete D had a good discussion about, oh, okay. uh, you know, um, Brian favouring Nuclear Assault and uh, obviously Pete favouring uh, Voivod. And both know a lot about both bands, so that was that was cool now, too. Now, you you're, you're a big Hawkwind fan, aren't you? I like Hawkwind, yes. And on their... EP 2016 Post Society, they covered Silver Machine. Oh, wicked. I'll have to dig that out. And, and it's, a good, it's a good version as well, because, you know, that's a, it's a classic, but it's a song that kind of, the cover version, you've got to do something special to make it kind of either better or a little bit different to the original, haven't you? But they do a good, yeah. they do a really good uh, cover of um, Silver Machine. Cool. Yeah, I will definitely dig that out. I might even link that, maybe. Why not? We've also got a link, mate. There's a great um, Talking Bollocks podcast with Daniel from Voivod, uh, Chewy, as he is. He's the, the kind of the, the longest standing, well, he, he took over from Piggy when uh, Piggy uh, passed away. Uh, Daniel Chewy Mongrain, and he, and he talks with uh, H, and Pete is also there as well. And they're talking about his just his time in Voivod, and um, it's, it's, it's just a really good listen, so it's definitely um, definitely worth, um, we could link that as well. Okay, yeah, definitely get that on then. That, sounds, I don't think, that must have been quite some time ago. Oh yeah, it was about three years ago, I think, two oh, or three okay. years ago. Because mm -hmm. I think H mentions that they're, they're just 
for the new album and things. Okay. So, right. Um, about 2007. Right. Okay. You're sort of like fading in and out, but um, I yeah we I yeah we will definitely link that, mate. Uh, are you with me at the moment, uh, Robbie? I am, mate, yeah, because I've got one little bit of trivia. Go on, then. The old bassist from Voivod, Blackie. Yeah. He went on to found, when he left uh, Voivod the first time round, which was in uh, the early 90s, I think it was, after Angel Rat, he went on to form the Holy Body Tattoo Contemporary Dance Company. All right. Tell me about yeah, that. Oh, right, yes. Are, 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 well, you, are, you, are you joking, or is that actually a thing? It's a, it's a thing, whether he was actually a performer, but he actually went on to form it, and they're a, uh, from Vancouver. They're a contemporary dance company, and he did a lot of the compositions for a lot of the um, dance performances, so a lot of the choreographies. He did a lot of the uh, musical compositions to accompany the dances. Yeah. And um, he did come back to Voivod, uh, later on for, um, I, don't, I don't know, um, I'm going to say The Wake or Target Earth or Post Society, he came back for one of them, um, but he's now no longer in the band, there's another guy in the band on the bass, but yeah, he's, uh, he was quite, quite up on the contemporary dance uh, scene in um, in Vancouver back in, the, uh, back in the day, which is uh, close to my heart because... Uh, uh, spoiler alert, uh, I went to university and have a degree in dance. Oh, wow, yes. So did you did you know that back when you were studying? Dance. I didn't know, but I, did appre- I, I do appreciate it now because a lot of the um, kind of contemporary dance companies that we used to uh, study or watch or um, kind of choreograph music... Uh, kind of um, follow dances too, the music is dancing as well. So you'd get some awesome composers. And even when we had to work with a lot of uh, composers from the music section of the university that I was at, it was amazing because you just, just there was just so much that you could choreograph the dance to yeah. because you could get so much out of the music. And it was just, I can understand now how someone like Blackie, you know, the bassist of Voivod, was inspirational, kind of influential within the contemporary dance scene. You know, you've got people like Steve Wright, Philip Glass, you know, some of these huge, huge composers of uh, contemporary music that were big on the kind of contemporary dancing. And I can see why someone like him would be a big deal. And we wanted to go down that way. Because, uh, so, um, I know I'm probably waffling now. No, <laughs> Something no, no. that I never think we talk about on Trash Metal Album and Fortnite podcast would be contemporary dance. But yeah, it's um, yeah, there, there's a lot in that, and um, yeah, I, I'd like to, I, I have looked at a lot of their, their videos since, and um, I'm going to look at a lot more since, uh, a lot more as a result. So yeah, oh, nice definitely. one. Anything decent you can always link, mate. If there's anything that's uh, that's thrash related or anything you think everyone would enjoy, you can certainly link well, that, mate. I'm. The thing is, I know it's it's not your your normal thing, but there's some fantastic contemporary dance um, contemporary dance out there that people might not be able to relate to, but for five ten minutes could look at it and go, <laughs> "That's unbelievable! How are they doing that? What are they doing? Why are they doing that?" 
um, why would you even watch this? You know, why are they pretending to be a tree? Or how are they lifting that person? Or do you know what I mean? What's that music? And how are they doing that? And how are they lifting? Um, so there's, it's just a fantastic form of um, art, really, that really should be celebrated more. So if we can link something, I will, mate. If not, then fine. We'll just keep talking trash. Okay, fine. mate. I, know that. I was just going to ask a question. Have the choir boys ever done any contemporary dance? They did, but everyone kept getting tied up in all these kind of neck bandana things. Uh, yeah, okay. Spike yeah. was, yeah. They, yeah. They had a big sex party at 7 o'clock, I think it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it didn't go down very well, yeah. A little bit of what you fancy, yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. So, uh, then, yeah. yeah. So, um, they went through to the next round, and I'm just going to get up and see who they're actually, if I can, who, who they're going to play. Uh, or they're going to play. It's like they're playing football, isn't it? Um, it's Creator. So it's Nuclear Assault versus Creator. It's a toughie, isn't it? But I can see only one winner there. Right, okay. Okay. I'm thinking that's going to be a close one to call. I think they are both on equal status. And um, both... They've. I think they're similar in a way that they have some classic albums that people love. And the more recent ones have been... I think Creator just edge it with the, um, with the more recent albums, maybe. Yeah, but let's see how that goes. Let's see. That's a that's a that's a that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Interesting. Yeah. So I know I'm I'm going to make an executive decision, mate. Um, I know we're going to talk about um, Psykeela, Shrapnel, Havoc, and the Flashpole, but I think we should save that to the next podcast because when you were talking, uh, when you've been talking, it has been sort of drifting in and out. Uh, we have got most of what you said, but it's just. I think um, next week when I get my booster for the Wi-Fi, it will be we'll be able to smash through everything. Yeah, is that all right? No, that's cool, mate. There, there seems to lead to miss out all, all lots of stuff, and um, yeah, miss Not, out on everything. So yeah, no. and I want to do justice to there's a shrapnel. Obviously, I really want to talk about the havoc um, hit missile. Maybe has been going really well, and obviously the uh, the flash poll about our um, our wild card week. We want to we want to talk about so um i, th- I think we I, and i just think that you know when you hear this back you'll think yeah no i think that's the right thing we should we, sh- we should do that but let's end as we always do slightly prematurely but i think we have still got an hour and a half of, of stuff so hopefully people will enjoy that um is what you've been listening to mate what what's uh what's been on the decks at uh at the mcguire household uh a little bit of everything really i've um it came up in a feed. I can't remember what it was, but it was uh, John Wig suggested a band. Oh, okay. Slough Fig. Say that again. You went off again. And it was the Slough Fig. The oh, okay. Weird Lord Slough Fig. So it was in the Thrash of the Titans, uh, not Thrash of the Titans. It was in the uh, Wildcard uh, comments. Oh, okay. And John Wig suggested uh, Slough Fig. They were in the 90s. Uh, heavy number. Yeah. It's amazing. Love it. Really good. I don't know what the album called. Um, I don't know what the album called. Um, it's or something. But it's, it's brilliant. Okay. You went, you went again a bit, uh, a bit wobbly there, but okay. Yeah, mate. Any, any, any contemporary black metal? Yeah, really good. Uh, it's called, no, it's called, it's called tra- uh, Traveller. Weird, yeah, Traveller. Weird Slough, uh, Egg. Um, I've had Caligram, they're kind of like a black metal 
uh, hardcore band that's just got a new new album out that's really quite intense that not easy listening but yeah really mm-hmm. good point out for a run this morning and that certainly got me some um, yeah got some miles under my legs that okay pretty cool a new trivium album enjoying that oh okay tell us didn't about think i would because um didn't think i would thought it'd be a bit too polished and it's fairly polished, but it's quite catchy, quite enjoying it. Bit of a guilty pleasure. Not guilty pleasure, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, the new Havoc one as well, I've given that a full listen today and really enjoying that. Okay, good. Uh, and other than that, I I had one listen to the Shrapnel one. Like oh, okay. Going to give that some more time. But it's just affording so much more time to so many albums. Catatonia, I've heard that a few times. That's fantastic. I need to spend more time with that. Um yeah, what about you? Uh, not as much as you. Shrapnel album is my album of the year. I've put my statement down on that. I think uh, The Might of Sickness is a fantastic, classic thrash song. Um, and it's a great way to start the album. I think they released it as a single yesterday. The album, I think, is absolutely perfect. I think it's brilliant. And uh, yeah, that is... I've been listening to that quite a bit, I have to say. Uh, I also went back in time a little bit and listened to Judas Priest, uh, Stained Class. Okay. That's the one. Was that really... Go on. Oh, I don't know Were you it... reviewing it for one of your other sites? Or well, that... Just reviewing it for the classic rock album of the week club, yeah. And I've got to say okay. that this is the one where they went to court over because the yeah. two kids uh, shot themselves when they yeah. were listening to it. And they, I remember the court case very, very well, because it was around about the painkiller, around about 1990 or 91, 92, that sort of era. Um, so it was yeah. quite a historic case that finally got to court. And it's interesting. Obviously, it got quashed and all the rest of it. But one of the big things that the guys were saying that were trying to, you know, the prosecutor, or whatever, I can't remember which way around it is, but um, they said that, they could hear messages and one of them specifically was in a song called better than you, better than me that says, do it. And I always thought, what a lot of fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? Subliminal messages. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. But funnily enough, I could hear it in there. Um, It's about a minute from the end and they're sort of like building up. And I think it's like a musician or a a producer going, do it, you know, sort of giving them a bit of an oomph, giving them a bit of a, you know, a, kick up the backside sort of thing but these guys that were out of their heads on on heroin and and alcohol and as uh, do it and as it as it turned out had like a uh, undiagnosed mental health condition as well with depression and stuff like that these are really dangerous things to be mixing with you know and you know heroin's always very dangerous anyway without even the sanest of people so um you know, it, I really don't put any blame at Judas Priest. It's just funny that all of these years I was thinking, nah, there's not that. And yet I heard it. That It definitely says, do it. But the interpretation of the kids to then turn around and say, oh, that's Rob Halford telling me to kill myself. Or not so much the kids saying that, but the, the parents and the... Uh, the yeah, it's, 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 yeah. You know, it's, it's way, you know, you've got to go a long way to... Yeah, absolutely not is the answer. It's not like a, a do it as in go and kill yourself, please. It's a do it. Go on, you know, really get stuck in. So interesting one, but thoroughly enjoyed the album. This one with the exciter opens up, which is a fucking banger. 
Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a, it's a good album. It's a good album. Yeah. And um, what about Warbringer? Have you heard Warbringer? No, but a lot of people are talking about him. Mm. Have you heard it? Only for the purpose of kind of trying to gauge it against Shrapnel, Havoc, and um, the kind of the big thrash albums that have been released in Testament, and um, just to see what it what, what it was like. And um, it, I think, on on a few more listens, it, it could hold up well. But I don't know enough about them to really, um, mm. you know. Obviously, Municipal Waste. I've, I've given that a few listens, and I'm enjoying yes. that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I'm gonna check out. Uh, I might do it tonight actually before I go to bed. Uh, what's the one that you recommended? Art of Partying. Headbanger, headbanger, facelift. Um, the Art of Partying. Yeah. Um, we had it on the uh, Bloodstock CD as we were driving up the car, and you were like banging your head. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Who's this? Who's this? <laughs> so there's municipal waste. You went fucking, fucking cunts. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a, I've got some uh, some some beef with uh, municipal waste, but I'm that's slowly relenting because this album is good. So uh, I'll have to. Re- revisit that and see what it's like because I'm enjoying it. I, you know, it's it's um it's a really almost like a period piece, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, it's classic crossover punk. I think they're more punk than thrash, but their image is more thrash than punk. Yeah, and they're very very good at what they do. That's the mm. thing. They're hitting kind of two three minute songs at the most, and they're mm. doing it as good as any band that I've ever known to do those kind of songs. It gets boring after you've heard three or four songs. You know, five five. You know, a whole album is you're you're ready for the something else, aren't you? Yeah. Totally. But yeah. they do do it very well, and I'm sure a support slot going to see them would be just brilliant. Yeah, half an hour at a festival would be fucking exactly. brilliant. Yeah, I I totally agree. That's where I think they live for me. Half an hour, three o'clock in the afternoon. You're having a few beers, and you know, bright sunshine, and you're having a good laugh. That's that's where I think Municipal well, Waste is. Funny you say that because on my virtual festival bill that has taken me 15 days to do, <laughs> uh, they are on. <laughs> they are on at 1:45 in an afternoon up against some absolute classics. You were supposed to be looking through, but old executive decision boy has uh, deemed it not possible. So <laughs> yeah. we will uh, we'll deem that another time, uh, preferably when the signal's a bit better. Yeah, when I get the booster in and we can hear each other all the time properly, then that might be the best thing to do. But um, uh, you say you took 15 days to write down this virtual fest. Imagine if you actually had to organise a fucking festival, mate. I have done, mate. Have you? Yeah, you're virtual. <laughs> no, I mean, actually do a real one, like a Bloodstock or a fucking download. How long oh, would that I fucking know, go? Yeah, the logistics. Don't mention Bloodstock, but the, yeah, the logistics of of trying to organise a festival. Absolute. Must be mental. Must be trying to, yeah. So fair play to them for, God, yeah. for doing it. And, hard work. I bet hard work. And just to mention, I think we should just mention Bloodstock very quickly. That has now gone and has been pushed back to uh, twenty one, hasn't it? It has, yeah. Right decision, but still a still still hurts a little bit. But I think I think Bloodstock. I can't I can't really get my head around anyone that's complaining about this. As if anyone would. I think everyone pretty much is. Well, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? No one. You you want the festival to go ahead more than possibly anyone else. And you've pulled it at the right time, I think. You know, it's not it's not like we're the day before people go. 
and they've gone with government advice. I can't see anyone getting the up with it. No, I, I, exactly. What would you rather do? Go there and then get seriously ill and... Yeah. I mean, yeah, what, what can you do? They've got to make a decision. They've made a decision. Just go with it. What, what are people upset about? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's just mad. It's not like it's, it, it's only us in the UK. It's a worldwide thing. So yeah. let's yeah. just go with it and let's, let's get back to... Let's get back to the roots of supporting bands, buying. Let's let's buy music, people. Let's yeah. you know, let let's buy some merch. That's what I've been doing these past few weeks. I've been buying loads of vinyl when I can, obviously. Mm. But I've been buying T-shirts, and you know, I've been on Bandcamp, and I've been buying bits and pieces when I can. And I think that's what we got to do because there's a lot of these bands that are losing out on gigs, losing yeah. out on you know any kind of revenue from playing gigs. So. Mm. I think the whole music scene is going to change a hell of a lot now in the future, and I think um, we will be seeing a lot more of these. I don't know, watching a watching a show through your laptop, which isn't the same as no. going to a gig. But you know, let's just let's just do what we can to support our bands at the moment. Yeah, we yeah. will see them back in that live environment in the future. Definitely, this you know. I'm not going to talk about it because this is the whole point of this podcast, isn't it? To not talk about what's going on and to talk about thrash metal. And, um, but yeah, it's, I think it was the right decision as is uh mosh for cancer or mosh against cancer. That's now been pushed back to it's on Halloween night, I think. Mm. So Mercedes supports it. I uh, don't mention it cause you'll go off. We, you'll fall off mate, oh. And you know, fucking Sadus. All right then, mate, I'm going to, uh, I've made the executive decision. It's the the shutters are coming down, but I think we've got uh, a half decent podcast. Have you got a promise tonight or something? No, I'm not. Not at all, mate. <laughs> I think it's ten thirty, and you're like, right, come on, we're shutting up. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's just that it, you are going in and out, and it's uh, it's it, it it you know just we, we you can hear what you're saying, but it's kind of like a bit you know. I think when you hear it back, you'll go, yeah, decision was was correct. Okay. Mate so there you go so I um, my final words are hurry up Wi-Fi booster what's yours and it, isn't that something he's fallen off <laughs> okay mate are you still there what's your final words yeah uh, sadist swallowed in black 